Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Uh, it's been a bloody good week in footy, let's be fair. The uh, the mighty Canberra A just got themselves back into a bit of winning form, albeit against the Broncos. The mighty Blues absolutely pumped the Maroons up in on Queensland turf. Uh, the mighty Como Crocs, few mighty sides going around at the moment. The Crocs came back from the dead to snatch a 16-all draw in our game. Uh, it's all happening. Then on top of it, the Cooma Stallions are on the charge. Uh, one bloke who tipped the massacre up in Queensland in the Blues Maroons was 2019 Supercats champion Desi Creek. Desi, how's your week been, mate? Yeah, good, good. Uh, nothing, nothing better than a Tommy Turbo hat trick and Manly smashing the uh, the Cowboys without Turbo as well. So it can be done. Nothing better than that. Um, but yeah, another very mediocre week for me, Supercoach wise. I uh, only scored around ten fifty with no real standouts. Um, just yeah, putting my faith in the wrong in the wrong players at the moment. Uh, the Tigers specifically. Um, yeah, so really need to give my center wing a shakedown over the coming weeks if I want to sneak into that top thousand finish by the end of the year. Desi, you cop some uh, some flack for your hot takes. You, you you don't hold back. You put them out there on Twitter. You own them when you lose. You you don't say too much about them when they win. But you, as I said, you, you called the fact that Tommy Turbo would dominate the roads and they'd go big. Hammered for it, mate. Must feel pretty good. Yeah, uh, I unfortunately didn't have a bet on the Turbo hat trick, even though I are. Uh, my instincts were telling me to put some uh, put some money on it, but yeah, uh, I've I've got uh, New South Wales three zero. That's what I bet on. So beautiful, mate. looking good. We'll, we'll take that one. Also sitting next to me right now in studio is a bloke who he's been uh, nearing the summit of the Supercoach rankings all season and he's yet to fall off the. He's not on top, but he's not far off it. Uh, it's the Supercoach spy spy. How are you traveling, mate? Yeah, good fellas. Um... Still loitering around the top there. Um, I was actually a little bit underwhelmed this morning, uh, disheartened, if you will, when the rankings came out and I dropped 50 or 60 spots because I thought I might, have done, I might have held steady, but not looping Alex Johnson actually just cost me 35 points in the end, which isn't crazy, but I had a look and actually would have held me steady in the top 200. So that's how close everyone can be. So don't panic too much, as I say weekly. Um, for me, it was the battle of Maddie Burton versus Sammy Walker on the weekend, two of the best young talents in the NRL, and aren't they good? Burton was on one at half time when I got home from the pub Friday night, and tell you what, that whiskey tasted all the more beautiful until he went bang, bang, bang and ripped, <laughs> ripped him to shreds. Fair play to him. Um, and then Sammy Walker looked really good Saturday. He's actually got himself to about 70-odd after 45 minutes, and I was riding the Sammy Walker wave to land on his shoulder and went off um, for nearly the whole match, except he had to come on as an 18-year-old and rescue all the old heads with a field goal. Um, but, yeah, I'm still happy to own him, but obviously the injury was a bit of a bit of a shame because he was on a roll um, and not looping. Yeah, I tended – actually – Thought the loop was probably the option, but Sunday over, I've got a couple of days off and I wanted to enjoy Nico Hines play. And then I had Hayes Dunster, who knows what was going to happen against the Tigers. He could have got a double. So I took the upside, which I think you, you need to do at times. And um, yeah, all good. And the, sorry, I did forget one. Bailey Simonson had oh. a blinder and I actually sold him the week previous because he was obviously playing on the wing, not getting much ball. 
and then end up flipping to fullback against the Broncos. Wish I foresaw that. 100 points down the drain. Oh, seriously, coming in against the, the Broncos, who can see the most points in Supercoach to fullbacks this season pretty comfortably. They've been tearing him apart. To see him named fullback for that when, you know, realistically, he probably should have been traded from sides a long time ago, but it shows how good the Broncos are going when you can play Bailey Simonson with confidence in that game uh, in 17s. Not that anyone probably forecast a, a ton in that one, but... Happy days. Uh, it did help the Kuma Stallions who uh, knocked out our biggest week of the year in terms of rank-wise, 1,326 points to move into 660th overall. So we're on the charge, 145th for the round. Uh, had it not been for, for Teddy getting ruled out late and having to play Edu Kamanu, might have been a little bit higher, but hey, we were all uh, we all copped out our bad things on the weekend and I had a pretty good round. So I'm not in a position to whinge on that one. Burton, good for me. Brought in Alex Johnston, who, who got that hat-trick in the weekend as well, which is a big one. Uh, and then, of course, Bailey Simonson, absolutely chuffed about that bloke who's going to make some good money. Guys, just a reminder, jump into our forum on site and get get involved in the Supercoach discussion with like-minded uh, Supercoach fans. The contributors will be jumping in as well and giving some feedback on your questions as well. Hey, let's jump into the Supercoach team news that have dropped in the past two hours. Uh, and the big one for me, probably not overly surprising, but just Harry Grant being named on the bench again this week, who's my number one trade target for the round. But Spy, now that he's, you know, it looks like he'll play 60 minutes with Brandon Smith again named to start. You know, maybe this is the regular for the end of the season. I mean, the way the Storm are going, the way Brandon Smith's going, just doing the hard yards early on, just a little bit of extra size about him. You know, maybe he does it for the rest of the season. What are your thoughts? Is he still a trade-in? You've got a bit of a, a bit of a theory on him. Yeah, I still think Harry playing 60 minutes with the potential for 80 is well, probably the number one hooker, to be fair. He's an absolute gun. Uh, my only concern is I was similar to you, mate, in that I wouldn't have minded grabbing him this week. But if you have a look ahead, he plays, for some reason, the NRL has scheduled the Roosters versus the Storm on the Thursday after Origin 2, which is on a Sunday. It's a pretty short turnaround. That just holds concern. If it is a grueling match, maybe Harry plays shorter minutes or gets rested. I mean, they've got the, the cheese there, mozzarella. So maybe he doesn't play that week. Then they have the bye. Then he's backing up from Origin again. Again in round 18. So potentially, worst case scenario, he plays 60 this week, then gets rested, has the buy and gets rested. It might not be that dramatic, but, I mean, that just scares me off a little bit and maybe it's worth waiting a couple of weeks, depending on your hooker situation. I mean, Connor Watson's been named on the bench, which actually suits him. He's been scoring pretty steadily there. Um, Braley's going okay. Um, I don't think you need to panic, but... I oh, mean, the upside's there if he gets minutes, absolutely. Mm, yeah, he was a lock if he was named to start to come in for me this week. Uh, but now that it's like he'll play 60 minutes, I still like him, but uh, probably probably not the, the set-and-forget trade that I was hoping for this round. Uh, a few other big ones. Adam Dewey out following his concussion last weekend. I think he can be traded out uh, of owners for owners there. Viliami Kikau out. I'm not sure what happened to Kikau if he's suspended or injured or what happened, but not named in the Panthers squad today. He can also be out. Blake Ferguson, he's done something to piss someone off because Mike Acevo's out. I think he's two weeks suspended. I don't know if the Eels are fighting it or not. But Sean Russell's been named to make his debut in the NRL on the wing ahead of Fergo. Fergo's in the extended squad, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but we're just, I mean, Fergo owners, myself included, who were sort of hoping he'd get a run in the next couple of weeks. The Eels have a couple of nice matchups. Uh, probably just got to go. 380k, a little, little bit of value still there, but hasn't sort of panned out as we'd hoped earlier in the season for Fergie. Ferg, 
Sam Walker named for the Roosters, as is James Tedesco. Teddy obviously missed last weekend's game. Sammy Walker was injured mid-game, did come back on to kick that match-winning field goal. This is big news because it means Joseph Suali isn't named in – he's named in the extended squad but won't play in the 17 this week. So keep an eye on that one because if Sam Walker does get ruled out, uh, while they do have options the Roosters, Joey Manu probably shifts to 5-8, which means Suwali comes in and he has a negative break even there. Uh, spy – actually, I'll go to you, Desi. Connor Watson, the spy touched on it before, named off the bench. What are you doing with Watson? Because there's still a lot of owners out there. Yeah, I'm one of them. I I think you just hold him if he's um, if he's coming off the bench. He's he was good for sixty odd minutes the game before last. Uh, obviously played five eight last game. It's that's not his position. He needs to be running the ball. Um, he can make forty fifty tackles off the bench in sixty minutes. Um, I, I think he's solid for fifty to sixty points. Um, off the bench, so I think he's definitely a hold for now. Mm. Spy, CSC for Talakai, 369K, break-even of 80, with Wade Graham out uh, due to yet another head knock. Talakai comes in and starts in the back row for the Sharks, where he's been exceptional in the past. Last season, averaged 55 points per game in 59 minutes per game. I suppose, I mean, he's dual second row forward centre as well. A, do you think he plays 80 minutes for the Sharks? Uh, and B, is it? I mean, he's obviously a key trade target this week or next week. My boy, Talakai, very excited. Available in centres, plays the bye. He's a fantastic grab. I think he did play plenty of 80 minutes from memory last year, so somewhere between 60 and 80 you can expect. Um, if you're in a position where you need to make that trade this week, I don't mind it. Go for gold. Um, but I'm personally in a position where I can wait a week, do two other things, and then grab him next week, which is nice. You'd get, at least you get to then see the rotation, confirm his minutes. He has a big break even, so barring an, an absolute bonanza, he should be pretty steady in price. But he's one of the, one of the great buys, I reckon, for the year, um, if he can get 60-plus minutes. Mm, really, really interesting one to monitor. I personally wouldn't be going early. He's got that high break even, has a nice matchup this week uh, where he could score well once again. Oh, well, not once again. He's only played limited minutes this season coming back from injury. He's pretty injury-prone, should I say, Talakai. So... Uh, Teague Wilton's come in and done a pretty good job there when I think it was Wade Graham or Nakora were out earlier in the season. So I just monitor that one. Just give him a week, see that he comes in and make sure he plays 80 minutes uh, because it's a, it, you know, I don't think it's a trap, but if he does only play 50 minutes, you know, just worth considering there. He'll also hopefully be running, oh, he won't be running off SJ, which is a big bummer actually. Mm-hmm. He was an exceptional running off him last year when Nakora was out, but with Graham out, I assume he slots onto the left edge. Hopefully he's a right edge specialist and Nikora shifts over, but SJ and Nikora have such a good relationship there that I don't think they'd want to change that one up. Uh, just lastly, Ponga and Pierce both back for the Knights, which basically bodes well for the scoring of everyone at the Knights. The, the entire players, you know, their back rollers, their centers, their wings, all of them, uh, because they had so much attacking flair to that side. Guys, if you are interested in our subscription package, we dropped the price to $20 last week. Absolute bargain. That'll give you all our subscription content, extra articles each week for the rest of the NRL season. Uh, Also access to our subscriber special podcast, which drops each week, ensuring that we answer your questions each and every week. Fellas, let's get stuck into the center wing debate because it's really, really tough this season. I mean, it's tough every season, but I think probably tougher this season than others. I know myself, I've sort of tipped people into... Uh, I like to think a, a decent amount of my my advice go, goes well enough, but you're not going to get everything right. But the last few weeks, guys like Bradman Best, uh, you know Justin Olam, um, there's been a, just 
a really, really hard position to nail down. Best looked good on the weekend until he was injured. Uh, he's now out for what looks to be six to eight weeks. Olam came good on the weekend and will hopefully continue to come good for the Storm there. Um, but it's been a tough one. So we're going to take a look at the centre wing position and basically just look at who we want for the run home. The guys that we're going to think are going to be the, basically the top four centre wings and then the fifth or sixth options to look at as well. So, Spy, I'll start with you and then I'll get Desi's thoughts. Who have you got as your top four and then, you know, your, your fifth or sixth options as plug and plays based on matchups? Yeah, Timmy. So, first of all, I want to say how good it is that there's so much variety in the NRL Supercoach realm world this year. You look at centres in the years past and often you just have a couple forwards you plug in and maybe the best two backline players from, from the best sides and everyone basically had the same top four. This year, I've had a look this afternoon. I'm only really locking one guy in for the rest of the year who I'd consider a must. That's Brian Toto. He's obviously playing on the end of a red-hot Penrith back line. If you don't have him, you're sort of you're going to struggle post-origin at the very least. So he's my number one lock-in. Nico Hines is obviously a gun, but <clears throat> he once Pappenhausen returns, barring other injuries, he won't be at fullback. So uh, he's, he's actually probably the pick of them all, but you can take him out at the moment unless he's starting for the rest of the year. So Toto at one. And then for me, it gets interesting. I've got, I think, Alex Johnson and Dane Gagai, certainly over the next four to six games, a red hot as you two and three in a good south side left edge with a good run coming up. Number four is interesting. I think probably Garrick is right there in terms of points and special with Manly's run, but unless you already own Garrick, that's a lot of money to pay. I'm not sure how you, how you get back guys like Fafita, Pappenhausen, Harry Grant, the likes of these fellas, if you want to plug Garrick into your side, if you don't own him already, if you can do it, go for gold. I think they've got a good run outside Tommy Trevojevic, absolute magic. But for me, it makes sense to grab Talakai at four uh, if you have a look at him this weekend. So you'd go To'o, Gagai, Alex Johnson and Talakai. I'm holding Nofaluma <laughs> at five. That's not necessarily ranked, but a lot own him. Tiger's run after Origin is unbelievable he'll also flip to a right edge which is where you want him doing his work and the right side of the field be scoring tries so i think he's a great kenny, kenny mamalo coming in this week he'll play on his specialized you'd think he'd prefer left edge so yeah, i i would right. expect so we'll find out but i think he's good valentine holmes from round 20 is is the buy i think he'll probably number two or close to Ta'a. um he's getting fitter he's getting better um, Cowies are there slowly on the improve. He's goal kicking and they have a pretty good run from round 20. So I like him, but you don't need him yet. He's still got to get through Origin. And then I'll throw a few names out and you boys can discuss, but there's blokes like Daniel Tupu, Ikevalu. Dane Laurie's got a hell of a run post Origin, but I don't mind if you want to sell him now with a couple of tough weeks. Jesse Ramian, Addo Carr, even Suwali could be really good, but I mean, he's a great cheapie. The only thing I'll say on Ramian and Actually, remind me later. We'll talk antipods later on, Ramy, and I'll have just something, just a thought there. Nice, mate. Like it. And just while, uh, before <coughs> we skip past it, on Suali, I, I think it was his first game of the season being named on the extended bench, but Billy Smith, who he's been named uh, alongside Suali on that extended bench, an absolute weapon, uh, Suali. Uh, Suali. Billy Smith uh, had a torrid run of injuries, but for, for, his, for Suali's job security, it's not good, so... You know, Suwali at the moment is next in line for a spot there, but we expect Suwali to play round 17 with Tedesco out for Ojin, um, you know, Joey Manu back to fullback. 
But, you know, Billy Smith, he's a very good footballer, a few years older than than Suwali. So if he's come back well, you know, Suwali may, may not be the lock that we all think he is. Desi, what do you come up with for your centre wings, mate? Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't I didn't name 15 players in my top four like the spy there. <laughs> but I've, I've got Brian Toa as number one. Um, I just agree with the spy on that one. He's easily the best centre wing. Um, it's just going to consistently get you 50 points from runs and tackle boss alone most games. And he probably averages like a try a game from here on out as well. So he probably maintains that 75 average, average till the end of the year. Um, number two, I've got Val Holmes. I just think goal-kicking fullback, we've seen it with Heinz and Pappenhausen, those sort of guys available at center wing, just an absolute goldmine for Supercoach. Um He's breezed to sort of a 70 average so far without really setting the world alight. So I think he wouldn't um, have too much trouble maintaining that for the run home as well. Um, three, I've got Garrick as well. I, th- I think goal-kicking duty is just in a red-hot manly side. It's so crucial. Um, he's more reliant on attacking stats than those other guys, but I think he's still undoubtedly in the top four center wing as long as Manly keep their form. Um, number four, I've actually gone Ramian. I think um, it's it's very much a toss-up between those guys like Tupo and um, AJ for the last spot, but I just think Cronulla's run is disgustingly good. Um, he's yet to really hit his stride so far, and he's still averaging the same as AJ and Tupo uh, without anywhere near as many attacking stats. So I think, yeah, his consistent base attack with lots of tackle boss makes him... Um, a shoe-in for that fourth spot. And then, yeah, five and six, I've got AJ and Tupo, both averaging 65 um, fairly comfortably and both can easy ton up against the easier defensive, defensing, bad defensive teams, I should say. Yeah, no, I like it, Desi. Um, and, and mine will be pretty similar. I want to get to it very shortly. On Ramian, he's, he's a funny one because he's just got vibes of Olam and Bradman Best to me, guys that... You know, they've got this really good base, but he's always been thereabouts in Supergoats, but never quite hit his straps. You know, the Sharks have a really nice run, but, you know, he's never really been more than a 55 sort of averaging player. His best Supercoach, he's averaging 65 at the moment with 32 base per game, which is exceptional. Um, what's he had? Two tries to his name this year, one or two tries. So nothing too much in the attacking department. He just, for some reason, Desi, has never never quite been there among the elite center wings. Do you think this is the year that it changes? I think so, yeah. I think we've seen enough from him tackle boss-wise. Uh, he's, he's already had two two out of six games where he's got 10 tackle boss. Um, so that's 20-odd points, equivalent of two line breaks, which is just insane for attacking base. Um, I think, yeah, I think with Cronulla's draw, he could go on an absolute 10, average 70-odd. Nice, mate. Um, my ones, I won't spend too much time on it. I'll let you know my list because it, it's similar enough to you boys. But uh, Brian Tyler at number one, each one there. I've got Val Holmes at number two. Again, not until round 20, just because he'll be backing up from Origin twice uh, in rounds 19 and 20, or 18 and 19, should I say, following Origin three. Uh, I think it's quite touched on it, but the cows have the roosters and storm. So, yeah, I mean, as much as I'd love to get him in beforehand with a nice run, a break even of 116, 680K, I just can't justify doing it. But, I mean, 42 last week against the Seagulls, that was backing up from Origin, so cut him a little bit of slack there, playing in Sydney as well. Prior to that, he hadn't scored under 50 
since round one. And that was against the Panthers where he scored 20 in his first game in a while. So pretty hard to knock Val Holmes. Number three, I've got Alex Johnston who can just carve up. It was a pretty effortless hat-trick he scored on the weekend and for that his second big ton in a row. Uh, and again, we know his base isn't there, but on the end of that bunny's left edge, he's just exceptional. So when he does have the odd tougher game, sort of post-origin as the run gets a little bit tougher, you know, you don't have to play him every week. We should have five, six, maybe even seven gun centre wings by then. And at that stage, we can sit him. I've narrowly got Dane Gagai there with him after that. I just think Gagai's base are on top of what uh, the attacking stats would get on that left edge are massive. Number five, Daniel Tupu, amazing base as well. Uh, there's a bit of a theme here outside of probably AJ. You're looking at guys with base, playing in good teams with high attacking upside. Tupu ticks all those boxes for me, as we've said many times before. Sammy Walker's magic for him with that cutout ball. Uh, Teddy back fit and firing. I really like Daniel Tupu. And then Talakai's the mystery at the moment. Again, let's reassess next week. Uh, once we've seen his minutes, we've seen his output and whatnot there. And then just the flyer is Josh Adokar, who, you know, if you got him in, say, around 19 after origin, you might only play him two or three times in the last five, six weeks. But for those really easy matchups that he has, boy, there could be some big scores there for the Storm. So that's how I'm looking at it at the moment. But again, it's, it's wide open and I think it's, it's great fun and it's exciting for us and it makes Supercoach a lot more exciting rather than have the generic same four center wins. Despite the fact that we've named them blokes, um, people aren't going to have the trades or money or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, post-origin to get them all in. So uh, there's going to be a bit of variety there and it's exciting. Guys, Quantum have jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. They're Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing analytics, break away from the path by joining the Quantum team today. Uh, if you want any more details on that, just DM us, flick us a message, and we'll, we'll sort you out there and get you in touch with them. Uh, Desi, Spy, let's jump on to our hot topics of the week. Desi, I'll start with you, mate. Greg Marzu, formerly Greg Lalesio, is come onto the scene after years of waiting Regular NRL friends probably wouldn't know who he is. Supercoaches have known his name for a couple of years now. Uh, despite playing a Titan side that are pretty ordinary, he's managed 82 points and 64 points against the Storm and Roosters of all teams. Negative 80 break even, 173K. Titans don't play round 17. Mate, where is he on your buy list? Do you, do you get him in this week or is the no 17 coverage and maybe a little bit of job security issues too big an issue? Yeah, he does. He definitely does have issues, but I'm I'm very much thinking that I might bring him in myself this weekend. Um, I I really yeah I've I've stacked it with Nofo and and Laurie, so I think maybe one of them has to go. Um, and I'm very much considering Mazu. He's he's looking so good. Um, I think he had eight or nine tackle busts on the weekend. He's just he's looking like. Uh, uh, what's what's his name? The the Tigers bloke, Mahi uh, Fanua. No, no, Isan uh, Masters. The, the, he does those oh, sort of yeah. runs where he's uh he's making uh quite a few tackle busts. So I think if he does hold his spot, he he could very much um come onto that list as maybe a hold through to the end if he keeps it. Mm, is an interesting one, Spy. What have you got? Because the way I see it. It's probably just how your team's shaping up. Uh, if you have depth there, if money's not too big an issue, I can see every reason to bypass him, which is the way I'm leaning at the moment. But, I mean, a negative 80 break even for a bloke who could be a starter in your, in your team for the rest of the year, pretty enticing. 
Tell you what, it's one of the most tantalising buys you could ever see, but it screams possible trap to me. My reasons for that really revolve around trades. We speak about it every week, but to get Mazu in, you're doing it for money, right? I mean, you could, firstly, if you want to just buy him and hold him as a cheap guy, that's fine. Hope he holds his spot for the rest of the year, but there's Anthony Don on the extended bench. AJ Brimson's still got to come back into fullback. How does that affect things? So... What a lot of people are going to want to do on the surface is buy him, make a quick 200K, which he'll do really fast looking at that, and then sell him to someone else. So that's two extra trades again that you're going to use. Surely people don't have these trades. I mean, that's another two to use. The only way I could see that working is if you're a bit flat on cash and you might want to get Mazu in for two weeks and then turn him into a guy that you're going to buy for the next buy round anyway. That basically means it's one extra trade being used rather than two. But, I mean, I love him. He, he ticks every box if it was early in the season, but you just got to look at your trades and determine, A, do you have enough trades to, to get him in and out? Uh, and, B, do you actually need the cash? That's the other thing. You might be flush enough. You don't need his money. But, yeah, he's going well. Mm, good logic there, Spire, mate. That's why we've got you on here. Desi, let's move on to Alex Johnston. His second hat-trick in two rounds last week. Uh, pretty popular buy last week. There were a lot of big options for us, so it made it a little bit hard. It means we couldn't all jump on. Um, mate, AJ, 550K now, negative 68 break even. Bunnies play the Broncos, Tigers, Cowboys, Dogs, Warriors, Dragons. Uh, it's a really, really good run. Desi, I think myself and the Spy got him. Do you see him as a must-have or you know, is there? can you make a case not to buy him? Uh, yeah, I, I think... Only Brian Toa is the only must-have in centre wing because we all ranked yeah, him number one in that list. So I think, yeah, it's it's quite a stretch to call him a must-have, but he's certainly got a nice run. He's scoring hat-tricks. So, um, yeah, I made the mistake of not buying him. So I, I might jump on. But, yeah, I think it's now or never with that negative 80 break-even. He's, he's probably going to go up to 700-plus K pretty soon. So, yeah, it's, it's very much now or never. I think for him. I tell you what, boys, if you don't opt to buy him this week and you don't already own him, don't watch South for the next five games. I'll give you the tip. He could go mad. He scored 280 points in the last two games alone. He scored 154 versus Parramatta, who are sitting in the top four, um, against Broncos, Tigers, Cowboys, Dogs, and these guys. Oh, it would be the antipod of all antipods. If, you, if you're sitting up high and you want to go against him, that's bloody bold. I think you just get him in, take his cash and points and, and maybe reassess around round 20. Mm. And, I mean, you, you look at the sides that we know he's got low scores in him. His base is 19. It's horrendous. It's one of the worst base in CT Darwin. Supercoach has a few stings of scores this year. He has a 22, a 21, a 26, and a 13. But three of those four teams were against the Panthers, against the Storm, against the Roosters, uh, and then he got a 26 against the Tigers where he just nothing happened for him. So, I mean, outside of that, I think outside of those games, he's scored in every single game. And, you know, you might sit there and say, oh, you know, the scoring's got to stop at some point. But, I mean, it doesn't. He's playing in one of the best attacking teams in the NRL on the end of their attacking, their preferred edge. Uh, the run's good. And then later on in the year when they do play the Panthers or the Roosters, again, it's pretty late in the comp and we should be in a position to sit him in those weeks anyway. And Latrell's back and Latrell's firing. He hasn't even played half the season or not half, you know, he's missed games. So it all helps for him. Mm. 
Hey, Desi, I don't believe you've uh, bit the bullet on him just yet, but I know he's a bloke you've been keen on for a long time. Mate, Sean Johnson, he's, he's hit a little bit of form there. More than a little bit of form, we're just happy to see the fact that he's strung a few games together without injury. Um, a nice run for the Sharks upcoming. Mate, is he a guy that you're still considering ahead of round 17 at 495k, break even 38? Yeah, very much so. I think SJ at under 500k, it's a massive pod play to bring him in against a pretty mediocre Cowboys team. I can't believe they're favourites to win that game um, after getting smashed by Manly and then uh, the Sharkies coming into some form and uh, beating beating Cronulla, uh, beating Penrith. So, yeah, I think SJ, he's about to go on an absolute tear. I've just got that gut feeling. Um, the back end of this season, the Sharks will make that push for the top eight and I think he's going to be instrumental to their chances of making that top eight. So he'll get a lot of attacking ball against some very easy teams. So I say go for it. Pull the trigger. I I agree in principle, Desi. Uh, it's a spy here, mate. But just his injury history. I don't, I'm not against the purchase of SJ, but he played. He missed the first six weeks. He then played, I think, three games, then missed another two. He's late. He withdraws late from time to time as well. Uh, it's loaded with risk, but it's loaded with upside, which is why you love him. That's right up your alley. But, yeah, just be wary that he, he could withdraw or get hurt at any point. But if he plays 80 minutes, he's, he's going to play some good footy, I agree. Mm. He's a guy for me who ideally is a trade-in in round 17, an hour before kickoff. When he's been named, you know he's playing. You get the extra number in round 17, da-da-da. The issue is, in the meantime, he plays the Cowboys and Broncos, which are two games you want him for. So, well, I mean, I probably won't be getting him in just because the injury risk worries me a little bit. The Sharks are getting better, but I'm not convinced by them. I'm not going to knock anyone by him at all. Um, you know, he's such an absolute freak, SJ. Couldn't talk any high, more highly of him, but I just that injury concern worries me. As the spy said, he pulls out so late. He, he's pulled out in warm-up a few times in recent years, and it's just it's just a concern for me. Uh, anyway, the other one, uh, back to the bunnies. Two and I'm throwing here from teams a little bit. Cody Walker, who we all have now. I've had him since round one. I think you two boys brought him in last week. I mean, with that bunnies run, he's you can't call him a must-have because he hasn't turned up this season. So while those big scores are imminent, I believe – uh, he's been rock solid with 60 to 90 point scores. Um, Desi, would you be trading? There's going to be a lot of people sitting there this week with Jerome Luai, who's hit the skids a little bit of late. Uh, Josh Schuster, who hasn't been named again, but he's obviously playing around 17. Would you be trading Luai or Schuster to him this week if you owned? Uh, you wouldn't trade Luai at 444k. It's just, it would be criminal. Um, Schuster, maybe. There's, there's an argument to be made, but yeah. I'd rather just hold him and keep him as a, a buy number. But if you have enough trades up your sleeve, I, I don't mind doing the shoes to the Cody trade. But yeah, you just got to keep in mind that we've, we're very quickly running out of trades. And like you said, it's going to be testing depth um, come the next few Origin games. So yeah, I would say probably not to both of them, but I could see maybe some people doing shoes to the Cody. I'd do it to get Cody against Brisbane. Mm, fair enough. Huge VC option. <laughs> uh, real Larry skipper option if you're feeling ballsy. Hey, Spy, Cody Nicarima. Um, we've spoken about him for a while now. Uh, he's strung consistency together, which is something he's never had in Supercoach. 
Uh, I mean, his stats have been excellent. He's far. What where's he at now? He's what do we got? Five ninety eight. No, that's Tohu Harris. Just what is he bit under six hundred k? Cody Nikarima seventy three points against the Storm last week. Got some serious junk time points at the end of that game. Uh, dual five eight half plays round seventeen, averaging seventy one points per game. Break even eighty three. Hasn't scored under sixty since round seven. That's the consistency we want. Three tons. He's got the ceiling. Uh, for people looking for you know a five eight or a half back, you, you've got to start looking pretty seriously at Cody Nikarima. Hey, I think he's way better than SJ. Just given his health. Good goal kicking. He's barely missed this year. He runs the ball a lot. The Warriors' run for the rest of the season is as good as anyone in the comp. It's insane. I won't run through the whole lot, but if you're looking at getting Cody, go check it out. Um, they've got Penrith in round 18, which is post-origin, so that might even not even be the good Penrith. From there, it's absolute magic. I, I don't quite know how I'd get him in, but he's a really good target. I like him a lot. Desi, would you go Nikarima <laughs> over SJ? Uh, it is very tempting. Uh, I'd probably just give it to SJ, though, for 100k cheaper. I think they're very similar players. They both have the goal kicking. And I think Cronulla's draw is just as good as uh, the Warriors' draw. So, yeah, I'd probably go SJ. I think he has a, a couple more um, attacking threats playing outside him in Ramian and Nakora. Um, yeah. Whereas I think Nikarim is just lacking those X-Factor players outside him. A uh, bit of a polarising one here for the boys. Jason Taumalolo, he's getting cheaper and cheaper by the day. 514K, break even of 108, so he's likely could be under 500K by next week. I, having not, I don't think I mentioned it on the pod at all or in articles or anything, but I ended up flipping really late and getting him into my team uh, to very little success. Reason being, it was a bit of a panic Friday night move, but I had Jason Saab there who I really didn't want to play in my 17 without Tommy Jaboyevich. As it turned out, he scored terrible, but, I mean, Manly put 50 points on that night, so it didn't really matter. Um, minutes are there for Tiamalolo, Desi. 59 minutes per game the past three weeks. That's pretty decent, what we want to see. Only averaging 46 points per game. Mate, a guy who we thought would have been in every team by sort of around 14, 15, heading into that round 17 bye week, um, what what are you thinking with him? Yeah, I think I'm going to buy him, to be honest. A 100 break-even doesn't mean too much when you've got Tamalolo sitting at 500k. Mm. Um, he's, yeah, like you said, he's just not scoring particularly well. I, I don't know, he might be carrying a, a niggling injury or something. Only 17 tackles in 50-something minutes last week, but I think that's because Manly just put a number on them. So he didn't, he didn't get much... Uh, um, attacking ball, and there was a lot of stoppages. So I think Lolo will come good. Um, I think he still has to be on everyone's radar as one of the best second row forwards for that second buy round. Mm. Him and Tohu just light years above anyone else, I think. And that's it. I mean, with I mean, I'm not convinced despite having my team, but it's a good point you mentioned on you know the blowout scoreline, so less opportunity for work for him. Games against the Knights, Dragons, and Cowboys coming up. <laughs> You'd think that the Cowboys will be having relatively tight matchups with them guys, so they'll, they'll Toddy Payton will want him playing bigger minutes in those games. His you know, his work rate will hopefully lift without the hopefully the prospect of blowout score lines one way or another. Um, Spy mate, you're not convinced, and you're not even convinced he's a buy before round seventeen. Yeah, I'm not. Um, obviously, this could change immediately. We know how good Jason Tamalolo is. He's one of the best forwards the, the game's seen flat out, but. 
something's just not right this year. Whether he's carrying a niggle, trying to play through something, I'm not sure. But I'll throw two stats at you, boys. One, he's played six games this year. His second highest score is 53. Yeah, he has scores of 36, 39, 42, and 42. Um, he had one really good game against Brisbane. Do they count super coach wise? I'm not sure they do. <laughs> Sorry, Brisbane fans, but something's wrong. And the other one is Are you telling me that Bailey Simonson's <coughs> ton was flawed? No, no, he was fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like we know Brisbane gets scored on very easily. So so that's a little bit of an outlier there. Jason has not had a tackle bus in two full games of footy. He used to have 10 a game or 6 to 10 a game. He's a mm. weapon. He hasn't had one. So something's not right there. I just want to see the Tamalola of old or at least 80% of him before, before jumping in. Mm. That screams of injury, Niggle, no tackle bust. I mean, as we know, that's uh, despite the big work rate, we know tackle bust and the odd offload is where he accumulates the majority of his stats and why it makes him such an exceptional super coach player. Uh, Spy, another one in a bit of a Tamalolo mould, David Fafita. So Fafita, Fafita is absolute, wouldn't say he's top dollar anymore because he, he's uh, bottoming out for us after many sold due to his recent suspension. Mate, you're keen on him this week, but, mate, I have question marks personally. 47 points on the weekend against the Roosters, only played 34 points after coming off the bench following Origin 1, also had a HIA Dropped over 50K last week. Break even of 151. So it'll be under 700K in a week or so with a bit of luck, barring a massive score. I'm looking at him for around 18, 19. Mate, you're, you're tempted to go on him this week. I'm getting straight on. Um, we'll go early on my little pod play of the week. But I think if you don't own Fafita, um, he might drop another 60, 70K over the coming weeks, uh, which could absolutely be beneficial. Don't get me wrong. And Origins in the middle, which is always tricky, but people are going to stay off for this reason. And can you get ahead of the curb? He had 16 tackle busts against the Sharks. Then he played Origin. He then came on against the Roosters and played 34 minutes. He had nine tackle busts in 34 Shit. minutes. So, I mean, they got Manly this week, then Canberra the week after. That's hopefully two two full games of footy with a bit of luck. Um, anything could happen there. If he could go ton, ton for me or a real big ton within that, uh, you're getting ahead of the curve. He won't drop much cash. And as we know, points win <clears> titles. So that's my thinking. I'm in a position where I need those points before others can get them. Uh, but I can understand if you want to hold off and hope he, he drops in value. Mm. Desi, rebuttal to that, mate. What are your thoughts? Is the spy going too early on him or is he, uh, is he onto something? No, he's onto something. Uh, I agree with the spy. It's uh, it's a rarity, help. but I, I think, yeah, for feeder, he's an absolute must-have. If you can get him in, you get him in. It's as simple as that. This is straight from the Des Playbook, getting him in this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, just one to monitor is Joseph Suwali, who if he does come in, should Sammy Walker or whoever else get ruled out, uh, one to keep an eye on. Helam Lukey up at the Cowboys, not named again. Uh, he missed out last week due to uh, playing up or something, according to the Cowboys, in the 10-day break over the, the bye week. So no sign of him yet. Probably a good thing for Supercoaches because he could be a really good buy. You know, probably next week when we get our five Super Trade Week, uh, the Super Trade Week next week, five trades to use. If uh, He might be a good one to free up a bit of cash and a number for 17. Just quietly spy. Jumped onto Supercoach this morning. Lockout ended, and it threw at us that there was five trades and the Super Trade Week was this week coming. Um, I had to check myself because I was nearly certain it was next week. Um, bit of a shake-up to the system. It was a stuff-up. They, they put Lockout back into action, and then uh, 
eased all fears by fixing it up, and it is only two trades this week we can confirm. That's it. That's it. Um, just be careful when it gets to five, though. We'll talk about that when we get there, but don't just go jumping into five trades unless you need to. Yeah, we'll get to that very shortly. There's a good question coming in on Super Trade Week, which is the following week. Hey, let's jump into our Antipod and Pod Plays of the Week. Desi Creek, start with you, mate. What have you come up with? Uh, well, Pod Play, I've, I've gone uh, bring in SJ. Um, it's, it's the Cowboys. I, I don't know how they're favourites to win it. Like I said, I just think... SJ's the man. He's he's about to put some points on. I think if you need a pod halfback, he's the play. Um, an anti pod play. I've actually gone sit Sam Walker against the Panthers. It's not it's not too out there, but um, I think an even better option would be to sell him to SJ or Nicarima. But I know people have a lot more pressing issues to deal with than Sam Walker right now. But I think yeah, the anti pod play is to sit him. Interesting, mate. Uh, as you said, trades pending and other issues pending. But if you're a Sam Walker owner, you'd you'd be moving him on to an SJ or the likes of. Yep, absolutely. Huge. Spy, what have you got? Pod, any pod? <clears throat> uh, pod plays Dane Gagai. A few people are certainly going to grab him, but he's got really low ownership. There is the risk he gets some rest around Origin, but I'll deal with that. I've got the coverage in the centres, so just make sure you can cover him if you want to get him. But he's got Brisbane. Then he has the Tigers, Cowboys, Bulldogs, Warriors, Saints. That's a serious run on the left edge for the Bunnies. Uh, hopefully he doesn't miss some of those easier matchups. He may, but he's got a break even of zero. He's worth 500K. He's coming off 150 versus para, uh, and he's got a good base. That's what I like about him. He's one of the guys you can plug in. He doesn't have to score for you to go okay, uh, especially when you add in some tackle busts and offloads and that as well. Mm. 33 base per game day in Gagai on that left edge at the Bunnies, 149 in his rolling average. I mean, you get him in now as a season-long keeper, so that doesn't really matter too much, but you are definitely getting him at a discount, I think, and just a rock-solid go. My pod play for the week, uh, not a specific person as such, but I just wanted to probably re- reiterate, going. don't be afraid to go early on these round 17, players who aren't in round 17. Uh, Dane Gagai is one of them who went with their due to origin duty, Fafid is another one. Harry Grant's another one. I think we can get a little bit too caught up in in focusing on buy round numbers, and you know it'll only get you so far. We've only got X amount of trades every year to deal with. We're running out fast. It's going to be you know absolutely helter skelter the last five, six, seven rounds of the season post Origin three with resting suspensions. We go on about it every week, but saving those trades is critical. Uh, and these guys like Fafida Grant to a less degree Gagai who. Everyone's going to want after Origin. You throw Ryan Pappenhausen into that mix. You know, we're not going to have the trades to do it. So don't be afraid to go early on it and sacrifice a little bit in round 17 uh, to do that. My antipod play, I wasn't sort of sure Sammy Walker was going to get named this week, but he has been um, in the hypothetical that Suwali does come in and play this week. uh, You know, should Sammy Walker be out and he got a run or even for next week going forward. Just the antipod on Suwali, we touched on it before, but with Billy Smith lurking on the bench, uh, I don't think there's any certainty that he plays round 17, although it's likely. And even outside of round 17, uh, I keep talking about depth in the back end of the year where you want to have as close to, to you know 25 active players as you can. Uh, you know, If the Roosters are full strength for the last few rounds of the year and uh, Suwali might not be able to get a run in that team. So, um, look, Suwali's on my radar and there's a big chance I'll get him in in coming weeks if he does get a start before round 17 for that round 17 matchup with the Dogs. But 
I just think every man and his dog is going to own Suwali. So if he does come in, at the end of the day, he looks great, but he's 17 years old. So if he doesn't fire or has a few low weeks or whatever when he does play when people need him uh, and then doesn't play back end of the year, don't mind the antipod on Suwali. Fellas, let's get stuck into our top sport punting plays of the week. They took a little break last week because we had other issues to deal with. Uh, touching on the round 13 plays, a couple of fails there. I was lucky enough to get up my little multi of Matty Burton, Matt Dufty, try scorers in round 13 at about $3.80. Puts me up $75.50 on the leaderboard, basically putting top sport out of business there. Uh, Desi's up $19. Spy, you're down $7.50, mate, and work to do for you, son. That's actually a disgrace. I apologise to everyone. I'll fix that up. Um, guys, if you do want to follow our tips, all marks and odds are taken exclusively from top sport. If you're joining up, use the code SC Playbook. Didn't realize this till during the week, but they've basically got the best same game multi in the business. Uh, the odds actually stack up on them, as opposed to other bookies where you put in your same game multis and you're sitting there going, fire, this doesn't seem to stack up too well. Uh, they actually add up properly and you get a lot better value on it. So if you are into your same game multis, go and check them out. But 18 plus gamble responsibly, as per usual. Uh, Desi, mate, I'm going to start with you. What have you got for us this week? Win us some cash. Well, I'll, uh, I'll keep on my Sharks uh, theme here. Uh, I think they're just going to be too good for the Cowboys. They'll cover the line there, and I'll go Ramian and SJ anytime. Beautiful, mate. Spite, redeem yourself. Had a look at firstly, that's an unbelievable value on the same game multis to stack up the odds. That's beautiful. Mm. So I'll be loading up on the weekend. Not too badly, but just a few dollars. Um, And this is what the first one might be. I actually might go Raiders to win. They're at really good odds versus Dragons who have, you know, they just got belted by the Bulldogs. Raiders are coming off a win um, into South to cover the line versus Brisbane, which currently is about 16 or 17, which mm. seems like free money, to be honest. That's that's not much for a line against the Broncos. For I South. like it, mate. Uh, dry, dry <laughs> game at Suncorp Stadium there Thursday night. I reckon they'll trash them as well. Uh, I'm going a few blowout margins this week. They, they've eased up a little bit of late, not massively, but a little bit. I think we're going to see a few blowouts this week. I'm with you. I like the Bunnies to cover the 17.5 line there against the Broncos. The Storm have a negative 23.5 line against the Tigers. I know that's a lot, but A, I don't rate the Tigers. B, the Storm are unbelievable, and they've got their full side on deck just about. So they are going to be freaking rampant. They've got Harry Grant, the Queensland hooker, coming off the bench. Like How, how, how good are you going when you're doing that? Uh, and then um, Cam Munster hasn't got out of second gear yet this season, I don't reckon. I mean, he's had his injury <coughs> niggles, but seriously, he hasn't had to because the blokes around him are so good. He just dishes, 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 and then steals every third ball and every third tackle. He in. plays in neutral, Cam, and then just decides I better do something yeah. if I need to, and he just does it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I've also got the Eels to cover their 20-and-a-half line against – who are the Eels playing, Spy? It's a great question. <laughs> I actually forget. No, I don't have it either. That's right. They'll cover the line. Um, yeah, Eels to cover their line against the Doggies. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I lo- I thought 20 and a half there was pretty generous as well. The bookies are getting a bit excited about the dogs win. Uh, that'll pay about seven or eight bucks. So, you know, load up responsibly. <laughs> um, Desi, round 15 trades and skippers, mate. You- you've mentioned a couple, but where what are you sitting on? I think I'm just going to keep the uh, the VC on Cody and the C on old trusty Nico. Um, Trades-wise, I'm thinking maybe... Either Laurie or Stephen Crichton. I'm not sure. I'll have to get your boy's insight on Stephen Crichton. I still, I'm still holding on to him. He's 500k odds, so about the same as Laurie. Um, uh, yeah, I'm thinking either one of those two to Mazu because I, I think I do need the cash 
to bring back uh, David Fafita. Um, I might have to sell. I've, I've still got Ricky and Fuimo Ono at second row forward, so I have to sell one of them. Still got um, Fuimo. <laughs> yeah, so I'll have to sell one of them and bring in either Fafita or Lolo. Not sure who. Jeez, mm, mate. A few, uh, few good options to work with Fafita. anyway. <laughs> um, Spy, what have you come up with? Yeah, we'll go Mitchie Barnett straight to David Fafita. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Barnett actually tends to go... He finds a little bit of form again, but I think it's time to get rid of him if I can get Fafita. I'll also go Dane Laurie to Dane Gagai. Mm. I think Laurie could be in for a pretty good end of the year, to be honest, but that's not for another month or so. Um, and obviously points are at a premium now and getting Gagai, as discussed before, at that price and break even. I just love him as a season-long keeper, um, so I'll be doing that one. Uh, in terms of VC, I wanted Nico Hines as my VC. I still might skipper him, but... I actually really need to go early because if I play an auto emergency, it's going to be have to have to be someone like Linu on Friday night. So I think it'll be my boy Alex Johnson. He could score six or seven versus Brisbane. I'll take four. Um, could go Cody Walker or Gagel, but I think I'll go Alex Johnson and then roll that into either Nico Hines or Tommy Trevojevic <laughs> on Sunday. Other like it, mate. <clears throat> Tommy Trevojevic dead said I sold him. You know, prior to that uh, that first Origin, watching the next two weeks of him. <laughs> Uh, against the Titans and Bulldogs is going to be terrifying. You know, I'd I'd accept pretty well anything under 150 I'd be happy with because he's going to go big. If I had him, I'd skip him. I don't. Uh, my trades at this, look, they're very much subject to change at the moment. Uh, teams set up a few more surprises, namely around Harry Grant. But at this stage, Mitchie Barnett out to Harry Grant. Uh, and if I do want to do that, I'm going to need to free up about another 50-odd K, so I've got a few things to consider if I do that. Uh, I might even shift someone in my center wing down to Dane Gagai if that can free up the extra coin. Um, but again, I do have an eye on round 17, of course, but yeah, I really like the look of Gags this week. Uh, Skippers, VC, Cody Walker, hoping he goes off against the Broncos there. Uh, and then the C at this stage will be Nico Hines, who I think could also have a field day against the Tigers. Boys, let's jump into a few questions, and I'll start from one uh, that we touched on earlier from one of the legends of Supercoach, Aaron Parsons. Parso, is the Super Trade Round a trap? Spy, thoughts, comments, concerns? Bloody oath it is. Um, It's fantastic and all, but if anyone's got five trades to use, they're absolutely laughing. If you can hand out a few to me, that'd be great. I had a, had a little bit of a look at my end of season sort of, I've got a little table there that tells me what I can do, which would tell me how many trades we've got left and all that. Uh, I might only end up using like two or maybe three max during that trade week. So whatever you do, just tr- just check that if you do use those five trades, you've got two things you want to worry about. Who you've got to get back after Origin out of the guns, like Fafida, maybe Pappenhausen, Harry Grant, these guys. Um, and then how many trades you've got left. I mean, you're going to run out, so just be careful of using five. If you can do it, fantastic, but don't make trades for no reason. That's that's my only thing there. Yeah, you, you're off your rocker if you use five trades next week, so be very careful on that one. Uh, next question from one of the nicest blokes in the Supercoach community is the Supercoach Sponge. Is Brabham best to hold if you have the cover and don't want to waste a trade? Uh, also, Ryan Madison, what happened and what are we doing with him? Firstly, on best, I was—I don't own him, but I thought he would have been a fine hold if he was out for three or four weeks. Um, but if you have cover now, due to be out for six to eight weeks, Sponge, I think he just—I think it's too long, uh, particularly when you want to plug and play center wings based on matchup. 
I think you're, you're probably, you know, especially when Best does come back, who knows what the Knights will be dishing up. The injury risk is going to be there. He'll have had a bit of time out, so I reckon move on, Bestie. Uh, Desi, Ryan Madison, uh, there's been a few questions about Maddo on whether he's a hold or not. You know, a week or two ago, he was close to a must-have, flopped again on the weekend and only played something like 53 minutes. What are your thoughts on Maddo? Yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely sure why he's only getting those minutes. Do we have any, like, News or whether he's injured or is no it news. Just I, I just think I just think with his head knocks when Parra get out to these decent leads, you know you'd be a lunatic not to give him a rest at, at risk of uh, knocking that head again, wouldn't you? Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I think you probably have to sell him if he's not getting eighty minutes. Um, there's 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 better options. There's one hundred percent. But no, I don't fully disagree, Desi. Um, again, it comes back to trades. Can you afford to do it? He's not worth that much money anymore. So for me, he's a hold and hopefully he plays bigger minutes for you as the year goes on. But if you've got an extra trade up your sleeve and you want to go to someone, even like a telecom maybe, then yeah, it's certainly an option because they are certainly managing through managing him this year uh, at this stage, mm. aren't they? Yeah, they're, ma- they're managing him. But look, at the end of the day, he played 71 minutes the week before, 70 the week before that. 59 before that, and then the three weeks prior to that, back from injury, played 80 minutes. So, I mean, look, there's no way in the world I'd be trading Ryan Madison, put it that way. It's a luxury. Even if he's playing 60 minutes, I still think he's going to score well. He's got that massive base, attacking upside in a good Eels outfit. You know, I think he's fine. Uh, moving on to a question from Michael Carver. Uh, good question. I like when people ask a bit of head-to-head specific content because we do focus on overall too often. For overall... Players for overall versus players for 17, like Harry Grant, da-da-da. Desi, if you're a head-to-head player, who would you be getting first out of Harry Grant or David Fafita? David Fafita all day. Um, he's mm. just miles ahead of anyone else at second row forward right now. He's averaging close to 100 uh, for a forward is just insane. Um, whereas yeah. Brandon Smith is kind of – he's keeping up with Harry Grant point-wise. Scoring wise, um, in the hooker position, I've I've got the cheese slotted in at hooker, and I'm content to just keep him there right now. Yeah, well, Harry Grant break even eighty seven, which he could crush against the Tigers. For feeder break even of one fifty, I'd I'd be going Brandon Smith uh, if I was going head to head specific of the two. I'm going Brand, uh, sorry, um, Harry Grant, Harry Grant. Anyway, I've also got Brandon Smith at hooker, but the beauty of Brandon Smith is Jesse, we've got him as dual hooker second row, so you can switch him down to your back row if you do have him at hooker if you want Harry Grant, which is what I'll be doing. So, I mean, one worth there. But, uh, yeah, again, as get we – Get them both. Yeah, yeah, get them both. Uh, as we do, uh, talking about head-to-head players, um, you know, you don't have to worry about that round 17 at all. Cop the loss if you need to. Stack your team with these guns uh, that people won't have because they're worried about those round 17 numbers. Uh, Spy, one from Gus Winfrey. Choose two of these three trades. Watson to Grant, Burton to Cody Walker, or Laurie to Ramian. I think you want Cody Walker in now. I mean, Burton's going well. Back to the centres, though. A couple of tough games. So I'd go choose one as Burton to Cody Walker. And the other one, oh, that's tricky, isn't it? Tough one. Given it's by coverage, you probably it's probably not a bad idea to get Ramian in and have a crack at him for that draw. So Laurie to Ramian and, and just wait on Harry Grant. But it could go either way. I think Watson might go okay the next few weeks. Desi, question from Jim Rastrick. Would you pull the trigger on getting rid of Hines even if Pappy isn't named, which just obviously came in before the team, so Pappy wasn't named, to maximise funds to bring in two round 17 keepers? So, I mean, the logic there is obviously that Hines is 886K, break even of 171. 
uh, plays the Tigers this week. The word out of the storm is that Pappy will be back round 16. So next NRL round, that is, after the rep round. Um, you know, to free up cash, Jesse, was it, is it something you'd do early or isn't the, the thought of Nico versus the Tigers worth dropping a bit of cash for? Yeah, I think uh, even if he scores 100, which he probably does in his sleep against the Tigers, uh, he's only going to drop from 880k to probably 830k. Probably only loses 50k if he scores 100. So <laughs> it depends how much you value that 50k versus pretty much a shoe in for 100 points. You, you may as well just let him drop some cash and trade him next round, in my opinion. And and he could easily score 150 and basically drop nothing, and you lose the points. So I think you just got to hold this week. Yeah. Mm. Um. Oh, we've, yeah, we've answered probably most of the other ones that, that I had uh, recorded here, but we'll just touch on a couple of others. One from Bo Gleeson. What are your thoughts on trading Laurie and Watson to SJ and Ramian? Well, I think Desi's definitely already answered that. He'd be doing it for sure. Uh, I personally like the idea of trading Laurie and Watson out. They're both guys you could hold indefinitely fine, and they're certainly not urgent sells, if at all. Um, but, you know, certainly talking by coverage, if you're a fan of what the Sharkies are about to do, uh, which Desi Boy is, and I know the Spies relatively keen on as well, SJ and Ramian, pretty hard to not. So, yeah, I like those trades. But, again, you know, I'd probably wait a couple of weeks to SJ, but, you know, worth having a look. Spy, one from Cyril Jenkinson. Is it too late in the season now for cash cows? Uh, you know, he's touching on Greg Marju in particular, but... Yeah, we passed cash cows or, or not so much? Yeah. I, I mean, it's a good question for you because while it's not cash cow specific, you're willing to go early and cop the what may be a big price drop on Dave Fafita. Yeah, I think it's all about points and trades. Trade's probably the priority at this stage because as I sort of touched on earlier with Marzu, you're using an extra one or possibly two trades to make money on him. Uh, so for me... I don't mind if you get him if you need to. If you really die need of money, then he's going to make it quick. Happy days. Then you can flip him to someone else. But just make sure you can afford that extra trade because it could come in really handy. So he's a great option if you need the cash. But just check that because if you don't, then it's a bit of a waste, isn't it? Mm. Wrap it up with a final question from El Lobo. Um, on that note, I'm going to go and watch the Share of Lobo episode of The Simpsons because mm. that has just jigged my memory and I'm that excited for it. Desi. A TPJ and James Fisher-Harris keepers for the rest of the season, do you think? They've underperformed in recent weeks. Uh, Fisher-Harris, definitely not. But TPJ, I think you'd have to say he is. Um, him, Haas, just, and Papali, uh, by far the best three front row forwards in the comp. Um, TPJ still easy scored 60 points. Uh, last week, uh, he's still he's still got the tackle bus and offload no matter who he's playing. Um, yeah, he, st- he still has a five-round average of 70-odds, so it's not like he's super underperforming, but um, he is owned by 40%, so that if you don't already have him, I wouldn't be buying him per se, but definitely not a sell, definitely a hold. Yeah, been a lot of questions over TPJ and his um, long-term job security in Supercoach sides, but minutes are good, playing pretty good footy, you know, a few questionable defensive errors here and there, but all in all, not too bad. Absolutely, he's a key for the end of the season. Dual front row, second row forward, as Desi said, offloads, tackle busting, fit. He's been disciplined this year, which is great to see. Uh, Absolutely keep him. Fellas, let's wrap it up for today's one. Spy, mate, big as perp. Thanks, boys. It's been fun and... uh... 
It'd be good to have everyone back this week. Origin Stars back on deck. Footy time, fellas. Footy time. Desi, mate, strong. Yep. Cheers, boys. Uh, hopefully, AJ doesn't kill me too much this week. Beautiful, <laughs> mate. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in.